It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk, a partner and attorney at the law firm Malk and Baker in Chicago. We are attorneys who follow Jesus and focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Or you can call us, 312-726-1243. Today, we're speaking with Michael Medved. National syndicated radio host, best-selling author, political commentator, and film critic. Today, he's going to have his historian hat on as we talk about his most recent book, God's Hand on America, Divine Providence in the Modern Era, asking the question, has God really blessed this country? Are we just imagining it? Has he lifted his blessing? Michael, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. Well, thank you, John. Great to speak with you. Uh, well, I enjoyed reading the book. It's a, it's, a, it's a good read. It's got a lot of personal uh, stories, uh, not your personal stories, but stories about in individuals, which kind of uh, personalizes uh, the history. But you, you hit on maybe 10 or 12 major miracle-seeming uh, eras or events in the history of the United States. The Battle of Midway, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, the Civil War, the acquisition of, of Alaska. Uh, as, in, as an historian and looking for uh, ways to communicate God working in America, what was your basis for choosing the events and the people that you chose? Well, my basis was, uh, John, that I, I started out in this larger project with my previous book, which is called The American Miracle. Uh, that came out in 2017. And that took America from the founding. I mean, I began with the Pilgrims to uh, April 14th, 1865, which was the night that uh, Abraham Lincoln was shot. And there are real questions about if God truly blessed America, how could he allow uh, such a devastating blow to our republic as Lincoln's death? This new book uh, begins with that same night, April 14th, 1865, when, for reasons that no one understood at the time, uh, through a miraculous series of, quote, coincidences, the Secretary of State, who was also attacked on the same night Lincoln was, it was part of a, a, an assassination conspiracy, William Henry Seward survived miraculously. And, and basically it goes into the idea, and I think all historians agree on this, is that if Seward had died that night, the United States would not have Alaska. It would still be part of Russia, as it used to be. And as a result of that, Vladimir Putin even says, as I was <laughs> shocked to see, uh, back in 2017, he, uh, he actually took the position that if Russia had done the right thing and kept Russian America, had kept Alaska, uh, they would have won the Cold War. And I think there are a lot of historians that agree with that. 
Well, that's, yeah, now that's a fascinating way to look at, you know, how would history have turned out? And your descriptions of, of Seward's, the attempted assassination and, and his miraculous recovery uh, is, is fascinating. So you're, you're peeling back uh, events and, and showing people uh, the hand of God in the midst of tragedy, of the Civil War and of, of, of Lincoln's assassination. And you chose it because of the significance of that to our current uh, state of affairs, that we have Alaska and, and Russia didn't overwhelm us? Well, one of the things that I'm looking for, John, is that throughout history, our greatest leaders, including some of our great leaders who are not particularly devout, who were not deeply religious men, perceived God's hand on America. They saw it. They experienced it. Uh, participants in the Battle of Midway, including Chester Nimitz, who was the admiral in charge of the Pacific Fleet. Uh, admiral Nimitz was a religious skeptic, but he saw Midway as a miracle. And not only him, uh, one of the things that this book focuses on is a Japanese commander at Midway who was in charge of the airplanes on board their four aircraft carriers. His name was Mitsuo Mushfushida. And Captain Fushida had been the lead pilot at Pearl Harbor, had been decorated by Emperor Hirohito, because he led the Pearl Harbor expedition. However, when he saw what happened at Midway, first of all, he was spared from the battle in which he might have died. He was spared from the battle because he developed appendicitis uh, six days before the battle, and he had to have his appendix removed, and he was not in shape to fly. But what he saw at Midway eventually led him to a Christian conversion, and uh, he actually wrote a personal memoir that has been almost entirely forgotten about called God's Samurai, which was how he became convinced that God had spared him in order to preach the gospel. And he actually <laughs> appeared nine times with Billy Graham uh, later in his life. Yeah, that's you know that's that's a beautiful story of God's of God's grace, and that's what I see woven throughout the book is is the thread of redemption. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk, partner of the law firm of Malk and Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MalkBaker.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're speaking with Michael Medved author, historian of God's Hand on America, Divine Providence in the Modern Era. You spoke about this book being a, a sequel to The American Miracle, which you'd written a couple years earlier, and you, you kind of bring it up to date. But uh, you spend a lot of time with Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, give us some of that flavor. Why did you choose him, and, and how did he see God at work? Well, he saw God at work throughout his life. Uh, and, and basically had a lifelong duel with death. Uh, almost everything about his life, including his very severe childhood illnesses, uh, led him to understand that he was preserved for a purpose. Uh, one of the things that actually no one knows about is while he was president, he, he had a terrible uh, carriage accident in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, where he permanently injured his leg. And the Secret Service man, who was a six-foot, 
four-inch British-born favorite of TR, who was sitting right next to him, was killed, literally decapitated by this terrible accident that the president experienced. And, and by the way, that would have been a disaster because at the time there was no vice president uh, because we didn't have the 25th Amendment yet. And, and, Roosevelt, and Roosevelt understood that death had uh, not only spared him, but it was because President McKinley died, because President McKinley's previous vice president had died at just the right time that TR came to power in the first place. But the one truly dazzling example was in October of 1912 when he was campaigning to return to the presidency, the famous Bull Moose campaign. He was speaking in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and on his way to addressing 10,000 people in Milwaukee Auditorium, he was uh, sitting in this open car and st standing up in it, and uh, an assassin put a bullet in his chest. And he was bleeding, and he was badly wounded, and they wanted to take him to a hospital. He said, no, it takes more than one bullet to kill a bull moose. And he went and delivered the speech. It's the weirdest speech in all of American political history because he's bleeding up there on stage and, and yeah, insisting. I like, I, like, I like that part. Uh, one of the uh, audience says, you're a faker, Roosevelt. And so he, he opens his coat and shows, and shows the blood uh, pouring, pouring out on his shirt. And, yeah, no, no, the entire thing is... But the entire thing is, one of the things is preserved, and it's in the Theodore Roosevelt Museum at his home in Sagamore Hill, um, it is the, he was spared only because Theodore Roosevelt did not believe in short speeches, except for his inaugural. His inaugural address was the shortest ever. It's like 300 words. It's very short. But other than that, he spoke at length. He had a 50-page manuscript he had written. And he had folded it up twice and put it in his pocket. Now, 50 pages in your, in your jacket pocket, and it was on top of his glasses case. The bullet from the assassin, Schrank, um, hit his, uh, went through, you can see the holes in the manuscript to the speech. And it went through that at his glasses case, had it not been slowed down by this very long speech, which he insisted on delivering afterward. The, he would have died. He would have been killed. And, uh, it, and he believed that he was spared because it was his energy that called for the rearmament of America. Our, our army at the time, in 1914, when World War I began, we had an army smaller than that of Portugal. And it was really largely because of TR's emphasis, and he believed this as a church-going Christian, that that it was he had been preserved basically to prepare America for its role in World War One. Wow, fascinating insights into Teddy Roosevelt. Coming up, we'll talk further with Michael Medved, radio host and author of God's Hand on America, Divine Providence in the Modern Era, about how God is guiding our nation. And I'm going to ask Michael, does Teddy Roosevelt remind us of Donald Trump, the eccentricities? We'll see. I'm John Malk, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk, an attorney at Malk & Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, 
which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of the show and want to listen online, go to mockbaker.com forward slash radio. You can listen to our podcast. Today we're speaking with Michael Medved, nationally syndicated radio host and author of God's Hand on America, Divine Providence in the Modern Era, about how God has worked in America. And before the break, Mike, I, I asked you if your description of Teddy Roosevelt and his eccentricities and his long speeches uh, in any way paralleled our current president, uh, Donald Trump, uh, certainly a, a flamboyant. Uh, how else do you see parallels there? Uh, not many, frankly, because, uh, again, there, there are so many contrasts between Teddy Roosevelt and Trump. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt was very, very much an intellectual, and he was a terrible businessman. I mean, he, 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 he made his living as a writer. He wrote 34 books. He was a historian. Um, he was also a... Uh, a obviously a war hero I and mean, part of what i write about roosevelt is his amazing survival on the battlefield leading a charge with his men up up san juan hill and and by the way that participation in wars where uh, he he was enormously proud toward the end of his life he died in at the age of 60 in 1919 but his um all of his sons and uh, he had four sons, uh, served with great distinction in World War I and, in the case of three of them, in World War II. And uh, one of his sons, Quentin, died in the war, which uh, almost shattered Roosevelt's faith. He was also a um, Teddy Roosevelt, and most people don't know this, he's a very fervent Christian. He was a a regular churchgoer, he did not go to the normal Church of Presidents, which is an Episcopal church. He went to a Dutch Reformed church, which was his family's background, and he used to take notes during the sermons and then argue with the pastor afterward. <laughs> <laughs> and he would walk to church um, uh, every day with a secret service, panting to keep up. In, in any event, uh, concerning President Trump, there are a lot of very, very sincere, devout people who see God's hand on his election, which almost no one expected. And it was miraculous. And I don't think it's impossible that we will look back historically and say, this was a redemptive moment for America. That may be the case. But, but we're in process. And I go back and I cite uh, Exodus 33:23. Uh, where where Moses wants to see God's face, but God doesn't allow it. He allows Moses only hidden in a cleft of a rock to see his back as God is passing. And uh, that, that really, I think, is, is why history is so important, is that after things have happened, you can say, yep, there was God in that. Um, and there's so many examples of situations like this that, that look as if they are going to be disasters. One of my last chapters in the book, In God's Hand on America, is about Dr. King. And Dr. King's assassination was so terrible. The man was 39 years old. He, again, fervent Christian. He had a great deal to give. But there are arguments after the fact that part of the progress 
that America has made, and I think our progress has been profound since 1968 in, in those years, in that half century. Um, part of that progress was made possible by that sacrificial assassination, which, by the way, Dr. King, prophetically, the night before he was killed, talked yes. about and 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 king certainly is not only in the history of america but in world history uh becoming seen as one of, one of the one of the great leaders uh of of the century uh in racial recognition of uh of where we need to move in terms of uh, getting rid of racial prejudice and god yeah and clear, and and again and that him. And that voice was amplified so greatly uh, after his death. I, I'm, uh, it, it, it's a fascinating quote that I recently became aware of by, by Kierkegaard, who says that when a tyrant dies, his reign is over. When a martyr dies, his reign begins. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's certainly the case with Jesus, if you want to compare him uh, and his death it was his death and, of course, his resurrection uh, that ignited uh, the faith of his followers to go out and, and share. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker, and we're talking with Michael Medved, author of God's Hand on America, Divine Providence in the Modern Era. And, and Michael, we've talked about history informing the, the past, and we look back and we can see God's hands, or maybe we can argue, was God in this? Uh, but uh, the further we get away from the event, sometimes it seems the more clearly uh, we can see the hand of God. But these past miracles and events that God has guided us in, where are they bringing us now? And, and particularly talk to us for a, a minute about the U.S. as a place where the the Jews could find refuge from the Russian pogroms, and how does that play forward with all that's going on with Israel in the world now? Well, what's remarkable, and I, I didn't really fully know this history when I began doing the book God's Hand on America, is uh, that uh, America embraced uh, Genesis 12.3, uh, long before there were actually Jews in America. Genesis 12.3 says those who, it's about the children of Abraham. God promises Abraham, those who will bless your children, I will bless them, and those who will curse your children, I will curse them. Our founding fathers, before there were Jews here, em embraced the idea that welcoming Jews would help assure God's blessing on the United States. And the history of American Jewish immigration is is fascinating and it goes back to John Adams actually talking after he had left the presidency about his vision of seeing a reborn state of Israel and I, I do go to some length in the book giving this portrait of Warder Cresson who was a religious seeker who was our very first consul general to Jerusalem who anticipated modern Zionism and the rebuilding of, uh, of the ancient homeland of the Jewish people into a modern Jewish commonwealth. He, he began that in 1844. Now, this is 50 years before Theodore Herzl and the modern Zionist movement. 
And what's fascinating about this is Crescent looked at the biblical prophecy, and when it says repeatedly in, in various prophetic books that God is going to lead the Jewish people back on wings of eagles, he saw that it was no mistake that the American symbol was the eagle, and that it was America's destiny, that America had been raised up, blessed by God, and made a power in the world in, in order to help in the reestablishment and fulfillment of prophecy with the reestablishment of uh, a Jewish commonwealth in Judea based in Jerusalem. Yeah, and, and millions of, of American Christians, followers of Jesus, are seeing that play out, and probably millions more as, as, as the Bible prophecies come into focus uh, that uh, We've now recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and uh, as, as we speak, uh, there's been a, a new plan announced for uh, at least the uh, American version of, of how the Palestinians and, and the Jews should resolve their differences. Uh, but uh, prophecy not only talks about Israel being restored, but it talks about all nations. Uh, this is Ezekiel, or Zechariah 12. Uh, will come against Jerusalem and surround it. Uh, do you see and attack Jerusalem? Do you see the United States as part of that, all nations that are going to be coming against Israel? Does our history point that way, or or I, I don't does it make I don't believe sense? so. I don't believe so. One can one can even say that that prophecy has been fulfilled previously, because in May of 1948, when Israel declared independence, all of the surrounding nations, the five Arab nations surrounding Israel, attacked the infant state of Israel. And uh, at that time, uh, the United States provided nothing in the way of aid or support for Israel's struggles for survival. Harry Truman recognized the state of Israel. But we had a boycott on any military assistance. So, again, I think it's tricky always to, to apply specific biblical prophecies to <laughs> well, current it events. Was, and it was for Crescent and, and, and others. It is tricky. And that's why, <laughs> that's why we're asking. And we've, we've run out of time. I, I guess I'd point people to uh, Zechariah 12.10. And has that been fulfilled? And leave that as, as something we can, uh, we can talk about next time. Michael, how can our listeners learn more about you and get a copy of your book? It's about as easy as you can imagine. It's michaelmedved.com, and it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Medved is M-E-D, V as in victory, E-D.com. And uh, there, there's all kinds of information about the book and about my daily radio show and much more. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. I'm John Malk, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.